welcome to the podcast that's about to take your faith on a delightful and slightly unpredictable journey. That's right. It's time to dive into the world of messy antics. Now, if you've ever found yourself caught between the matzo cracker and the communion wafer, you're in for an absolute treat. We're here to chat about all things messianic in Torah, and let me tell you, it's a roller coaster of divine proportions. Think of us as your trusty guide in this biblical amusement park. We're going to explore the highs and the lows, the holobred wins, and the wandering in the wilderness fails. Get ready for candid conversations, guest appearance by prophets, well, maybe just their descendants, and discussions about what it's really like to walk out this whole word of Adonai. So whether you're a seasoned sukkah assembler or you're just wondering about what on earth is a mezuzah, join us for some laughter and maybe learning a little bit about this holy chaos. After all, life is messy and faith is romantic. I have the privilege to get to to get to interview the infamous Dr. Dina Dodd. I'm going to just tell you a little bit about her that most of you already know. She is seen all over the place. Messianic Lamb Radio, Israel TV Network, God's Learning Channel, Saturday Church Community, and of course, Foundations and Torah. Dr. Dina Dye was raised in a conservative Jewish home in Ottawa, Canada. She holds her doctorate in Hebraic Studies and Christianity. Dina has been connecting to the roots of the connecting the roots of the gospels and the epistles to the Torah for over 40 years. I don't know how that's possible when you're 29, but anyway, through her ministry foundations in Torah, most of you have seen her speaking at conferences and in front of many, many congregations. You know that she's a regular on programs as on Israel TV network. Much of Dina's research revolves around temple studies, which she believes holds an important key to understanding the Bible. Her books, The Temple Revealed in Creation, The Temple Revealed in the Garden, and The Temple Revealed in Noah's Ark are available on Amazon. Her latest project is The Temple Revealed Workbook, based on her three books, which she teaches as a 12-week course, which the Ruta Cafe was blessed to be her her uh, beta test group. We got to go through that with you. Welcome to Messy Antics. This all is right. fun. Thank you, Charlie. Yeah, you guys I, are my I have, I've kids. given all my books away of yours <laughs> except for this one. And I was like, I I'm, I hold on to this with like my cold dead hands. If someone, I'm like, I have too many personal notes in this one, but I will, all of those books are available on Amazon. And I'm excited about this workbook. This has been a love project. Oh, totally. I can't thank the Rooted Cafe ladies enough. I mean, they had to put up with me trying to figure out what on earth I'm doing, but it's been very successful. I've taught four courses in this last, say, year and a half, take on about 15 to 20 students at a time. We go through the 12 weeks. I was finally able to refine it and get it more concise and succinct, and it's been really good. So thank you, Rudy it Cafe. has been a blast and we still have that on our library for our Ruta Cafe members. Oh. Anyone, they can still go in there and watch it and go in and, and find now the recordings and we have those in there. I'm excited um, with the link now they can go get the workbook and go through that course as well as sign up for one of your courses if they want to get the the revised. Yeah, the, the revised the version. version. Yes, <laughs> we had fun though. It was, it was a really yeah. great class. I wandered so, off the reservation a lot. Yeah, but it was good. It was yeah. very good. I want to ask, this is interesting for you, that you're coming at this from a completely different um, place than most of, of our guests on Messiantics, because most of us came in from a traditional Christian Christian upbringing, 
And all of a sudden, you know, the word came alive to us. Or for me, it was like, all of a sudden I'm asking why is Passover three weeks from Easter? That doesn't make any sense. And, and then it just popped open from that prayer. God, if it's not you, I don't want it. He said, okay, are you sure? But for you, that was different. Why? Why was that different for you? Well, being raised in a conservative Jewish home, so that was my surrounding. My parents weren't highly religious, but we did attend synagogue. There was a period where we went every week, uh, Shabbat. They kind of backed off of that after a while. We had Passover. I celebrated Passover from the time I was one, right, in my grandmother's home. So those are very vivid memories. We did Sukkot at the synagogue. So all the festivals were part of our a part of our year. And one of the things I attended Hebrew school when probably around six, seven, eight years old. And every day after school, I would go to another school. I would go to Hebrew school. My mother would take me. So there was a lot planted in there. Uh, you know, I knew the the Old Testament, the Tanakh pretty well, you know. And uh, then I kind of went off <laughs> to when I got into high school and early 20s into the new age, you know. I was the classic wandering Jew. Every Jew's looking to fill their heart with God after they left. But so my early years were really rooted in the Torah. So it was like, I didn't have to come to the Torah. I already got that, right? Right. But now I have to figure out the bridge between the New Testament and, uh, and, the, and the Torah and the Tanakh, really. So how'd that happen for you? Long story. Um, you can go to my website and hear the whole version because it's pretty funny. Um, I, I can. I'll just sort of start with the. You know, when I finally did kind of come around because I traveled all over the world. I lived out of a fourteen-pound backpack for about five years in search. Right. I did a lot of very strange things. You know, I took ships from Athens to Barcelona and met a guy who was into Star Trek. You know, <laughs> sure, <laughs> it's weird stuff. Um, but one of the things, uh, I had gone to a, um, it was called the Quimby Center down in Alamogordo, New Mexico. I went for a past life reading, right? That's what they did with the crystals over the body and the whole thing. And uh, he told me in my last life, I was a disciple of Christ in in Israel. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. And so when I came back to, to where I was living in New Mexico in Taos, I checked all these books out of the library on Peter and Paul, their lives. And was I actually read the Bible cover to cover in a week. Wow. And I got to the story of the woman caught in the act of adultery. And that was my moment where I went, oh, I've been looking everywhere. I had sort of this, uh, these things I had used as my backdrop to try to figure out the truth. It was based on love that was for everyone. And uh, so I was as I filtered through all the different religions that I went through, I, I looked through that lens and I realized that, you know, Yeshua was who he said he was. Jesus, of course, uh, was the Messiah. That was my moment. And of course, then that started an entire new journey, right? Uh, now I'm in a church and I'm like the only Jew in the church trying to go, you know, where do I fit? Yeah. And as I'm reading the New Testament, I see all these things connected to the to the Torah and the Tanakh, the prophets. It's like it was so easy for me to see because that's where my my upbringing had happened and no one else could see it. I'm like, what's the matter with you people? <laughs> of course, it's obvious right here. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, you know, the church I was in, the, I was very young at the time. It was 1979. I think I was 27 or something. 
the pastor, uh, we just started a new church. It was Assemblies of God up in Taos, New Mexico. And he was needing someone to take the youth. So he gave me that job about a week after I was quote unquote saved. So I began to teach how the about, youth. How about you be in charge, the newest person be in charge of the most formidable minds. There you go. <laughs> go for it. But I started teaching those kids about the Tanakh and the, the festivals and all that. That's what I imparted to them in 1979 uh, through, you know, 1984, somewhere in there. And so they they received that education. I don't know if they ever appreciated it. But, you know, that's that's how it was for me. It was completely different. That is so cool. So this process, we talk a lot about how it's messy. A lot of times coming from Christianity into following Torah, because there's, there's a lot of, this is, there's a lot of change and change is strange. And there's some things that we've been told, oh, that's done away with. Oh, that's the old law. So for us, we're coming out of Christianity into walk, trying to walk out pursuing Torah. There can be some messy moments. I can imagine the the reverse is also true for you. Do you have any messy moments in this transition? Yeah, I think that was sort of the year, early years in the church. Um, I was kicked out of quite a few churches. The <laughs> no, problem, you're kidding. <laughs> the problem was always that I knew more than the pastor when it came to the Tanakh. And so, you know, I was young. I, like I said, I think it was 29, 28. And I'm just, you know, raise my hand and go oh, with the answer. <laughs> but it wasn't the answer that the pastor expected. And I can't tell you, it just would happen over and over again. Then they would let me teach and then they would get really mad because the things I was bringing out, they didn't want anyone to hear. And then I would be removed from my teaching position, <laughs> summarily removed from the congregation. So those are kind of my messy moments in the you know, uh, I went, you know, we were in sort of Pentecostal circles, uh, assemblies of God, four square, those kind. And it just was so frustrating because between being a Jew and being a woman and knowing more than the pastor and only in a knowledge thing, I mean, I, I wasn't a shepherd. I didn't have good skills shepherding what I could, could teach um, that those, I had a lot of that. That was tough. Well, we have to be willing to let people ask questions. This is the biggest, uh, this is sabotaged our walk. Right. And it's so frustrating to me because really I don't approach things as in a theological setting. Uh, I tend to be a little more creative in my thinking, but I, I, my goal is always to let people think and ask questions because there's holes in the text on purpose by design. The writers left things out or added things in because they were bringing an interpret interpretation of the scriptures from their perspective. There's a lens, a filter there. And, and we're, if we're not allowed to ask questions, there's things that don't make sense. And could we just admit that? And, and we need to admit that to our kids. So ask away. I may not have the answer, but hey, let's look at this passage and say, you know, what is strange about this passage? What is the writer trying to communicate to us? So questions, questions, questions are absolutely imperative if we're going to have a, a really healthy faith. Isn't that, is that, that is a new concept for most Christians, because yeah. from a Hebraic perspective, a great rabbi, right, is always going to ask questions um, and encourage questions. Is that correct? Am I correct? Yeah. My husband thinks I'm the epitome of a Jew because every time he asks a question, I answer with a question. Well, like, I where feel we like, like they did that too, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> who, well, who do they say I Who do you say I am? Exactly. That's right? how you think. That's how you process. 
And we stripped that away for the whole lecture approach. You walk in the teacher standing at, you know, at the head of the class or whatever, and just talking away and you're supposed to listen and go, oh yeah, that sounds good. And end of story, not allowed to think about it. Right. So I am a big proponent of ask questions. It's okay to doubt what you're reading. And then you got to go do your homework, your research and whatever it takes for you on that journey, even to answer that question. I think that that's so important because most have grown up because I said so. And you just, you haven't worked out your own understanding with fear and trembling. You haven't gone in and said, I don't understand that. I have gone through a whole year of this immersion in the word that when I'm in the, in the Torah portion, sitting in it, and I'm asking, all I'm doing is asking questions while I'm sitting there. What does this sound like? What, what does a smell like here? What's missing? That's something that we don't ask. What is missing from this passage? And there's plenty. You can't hardly find a narrative in which you're going, wait a minute. Wait, they get from there to there. Exactly. This doesn't make any sense to me. And that, that one question opens up a really great study opportunity. And then now you understand it and you feel like you're there, you know, you got to give yourself a break and be able to process. And you have to be able to say, I don't know, this doesn't fit in a box. Um, You know, I did not see the whole concept of temple language in the scriptures till about 10 years ago. And I've been at this for over 40 years, never saw it. And as I began to do more work in the ancient world, et cetera, now I'm going, wow, virtually everywhere. I mean, what is the point of the temple? It's to have a place where the presence of God where people can approach. And so, you know, I'm I'm just the whole structure of Genesis one is a temple pattern. And you go all the way through, of course, and coming into the book of Revelation. And it's just repeated over and over again. How is it constructed? How is it designed? And you know, why can't you ask that? It's interesting to me, N.T. Wright is one of my favorite scholars. Love that guy. And somebody asked him, if you had it to do over again, what do you wish you knew? And he said, I wish I'd known temple theology. I'm like, wow, how cool is that? So that launched me on a whole new journey, what, 35 years into to the original journey. It's, it's never too late. It's never too old. You're always discovering, uncovering. And for people to think they have arrived and they've got it all figured out, be careful of those. I will hire those because I want my, everyone, if you ever want to apply for a job, what I'm looking for you to say is the older I get, the more I realize I don't know. Correct. That's, the, that's the right answer. Yeah. I'm over. I mean, I'm 70 now going every time I go into the scriptures, I am just blown away by how much I've missed and didn't well, see. When did see that get in happens. there? Who put that in there? I'm pretty sure that got new. That's new. I didn't. So I have a question for you that I didn't even tell you I was going to ask you, but you know, if we're told we are the temple of the Holy spirit. Okay. We are, we are a a type of temple, let's say. (laughs) Um, How do you, how would you, from a basic, from, I don't even, we can't, uh, this is a question I'm going to probably oh, have yeah, to wipe right. out. This is, I just <laughs> opened up. I went, of the blooper for YouTube. Because I'm thinking if we are this temple, the connection, how important is it for us without the, the answer vary, the, how important is it us for understanding temple language? Where would we even start? That's what I want to ask you. Where would we even start? If we are the temple where would we even start? Yeah, so this is clearly a huge topic, but 
let me say, if you don't understand the, the concept of temples from Genesis and in the ancient world, you have no chance of understanding what on earth is being spoken of when it, the scriptures say you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that's, so Genesis chapter one, one uh, chapter one is really your, your pattern there. Again, you figure out, okay, why, where is the temple built? What is the purpose of it? Again, for the presence of God to be in the midst of it. That's a place for his presence, for people to worship and, and enter in in a certain protocol. And of course, we see the temple building through, you know, Noah's Ark and the tents of the patriarchs. And we got the first temple, it was destroyed. We got the second temple. But the goal always of every temple building, Ezekiel's temple, for example, was to go back to the beginning to Eden's temple, because the goal was to make the whole earth a temple. And so now we are a living temple. We are spreading the seed of the kingdom of heaven to the whole earth so that the whole earth once again becomes a temple, a place for the presence of God. And it's a living, breathing, moving, mobile temple. Our best example is going to be tab the tabernacle in the wilderness. That was a portable temple. Noah's Ark was a portable temple. These were moving by wind or by man carrying them. And so here we are, you know, moving into the New Testament. This is a mobile temple filled, constructed of people who are spreading, bringing the temple and making it over, you know, the earth to once again become a temple with God in the center, the place of his presence. You just made that way clear. <laughs> I'm like, that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> For, I mean, that was, that was a very complex. I know that is a huge complex and you'll need to get all three books plus yes. the workbook and take the course to and get then all you'll have that. it down. Nice I just, segue. Gave you, I just gave you three, uh, three books in one, <laughs> one sentence. I'm in yeah. shock right now. You did that so great. That was all three books. Like in a, we, I will get, I'll cut that and send that to you. That was amazing. Okay. <laughs> it was all together. So in this rapid round, so everyone gets to know you a little better. Um, what is something totally useless that you still have memorized? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, it probably have to be something from history. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, maybe the seven wonders of the ancient world. Okay. All right. <laughs> if, if you could see a movie for the first time again, what would it be? Oh, the movie for the first time again. Uh, I would actually like to see Amazing Grace about William Wilberforce. Ooh, okay. That's good. Yeah. So are you an elevators or a stairs person? I'm both. It just depends on my day. Okay. And how many <laughs> flights? <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. I would say 25 flights. Ooh, okay. So do you follow directions or do you improvise? both you know if i'm cooking the first time i make something i follow the directions and after that improv improvisation on a scale of one to five how adventurous are you five being very does it matter the age no so in my late teens and early 20s did you say five is really adventurous five is really adventurous yeah yeah i was i was a five I mean, I would say know, like 25 if that, <laughs> yeah, probably 20. I mean, I was, I would go anywhere, do anything. I, I'm totally crazy. I don't even know how I didn't get into trouble or shot in, you know, wandering the globe. And I was in military coups and, you know, earthquakes and you name it now, not quite so much. I probably would give myself a 2.5. 
Are you writing all this? You're writing your you're writing your memoirs now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. I'm excited. Uh, been a little excited derailed of late, um, but yes, uh, you know, it was I was hoping t- for it to come out last summer, and I'm way behind the eight ball, so probably not till next summer. But yeah, you're my, exactly my where you're supposed to be, right? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so this is kind of a this is kind of a interesting question. I, I like this question. What is something you really want to like, but you just don't like it? Hmm. Taking out the trash. <laughs> I had to do that when my husband came home from the hospital. I had to take care of all the responsibilities. And that was, that one would probably fit in that category because he always did it. Did you all realize how much he did because he wasn't doing yes. it? You're like, wow, I didn't realize how much you do around here shocking i'm going oh my gosh he does everything and he can do the dishes sometimes i'm going i've got to learn how to do all this and i realized how many things i didn't know how to do or where they were and i couldn't ask him <laughs> just so yeah that that was a wake up call for sure for sure my my i was looking for a light bulb the other day and i realized i have no idea where they are and he, because yeah. my husband has them organized somewhere and i just ask him and he gets it and puts it hey there's a light needs to be and he takes care of it yeah yeah Yeah, and he's very mechanical so he takes everything that needs to be fixed he fixes you know machines and all this stuff i'm going i don't know how to do any of it so at the very minimum was the trash was the trash and you wish you liked it i wish i liked washing dishes and i just don't yeah yeah i also wish i liked okra and i don't everyone says it's so great and i just that would be low on my list as well yeah, I can't do that. So thank you for hanging out with me. Oh, sure. That was great fun. That was, uh, I, I really, fast? <laughs> it was fast. I told you it's fast and we appreciate you. And I want you to come back when you're ready for your memoir. So, because I'm sure we'll think of some new stuff to get messy with. Right. So, oh yeah. Well, all the messy stuff will be in the memoirs, the good, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> good. And we'll, we'll get to have you back when you're ready for that so that we can get, get the highlights of all of that. So thank you again. And everyone remember just keep it's day to day. It's glory to glory. Just, it does get messy, but he's right there in the middle of the mess with you. And that's a wrap on another messy antics adventure. My fellow spiritual adventurers from splitting red seas of laughter to stumbling upon mana mishaps. We've truly experienced the full spectrum of messianic marvels and Torah tales. Remember folks, as we navigate the sometimes bewildering, but always beautiful path of faith, It's okay to have a few loose ends along the way. Embracing the messiness of life is what makes our journey genuine and our connection with Adonai so meaningful. Before we go, let's take a moment to thank our incredible guests who shared their story, insights, and aha moments with us. And of course, a big thank you to you, our amazing listeners. Without you, we'd just be folks sitting in here with a microphone, and that's just not as fun. We'll catch up with you next time on Messy Antics, where the Torah is our compass and laughter is our guiding star. Stay joyful, stay curious, and may your days be filled with blessings that are as abundant as manna in the wilderness. And help us out by liking, subscribing, and leaving us that five-star review.